All right, guys, let's uh, go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll jump into Luke chapter 9. It's only taken us a year, so we made it through the first eight chapters. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you that we can be here together today. I just ask that you would bless this time that we have. Lord, I pray that you would give me wisdom as uh, uh, we work our way through this sermon this morning. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Uh, so question, you guys, you guys ready to be inv- a little involved today? Can you be a little involved? No? I heard some no's, heard some yeses. Little, 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 can we have a, a little bit more of a conversation today? Okay, we can do this, right? We can do this. Put your, okay, put your, put your thinking caps on. Kids too, right? I'm going to keep some easy questions so you're paying attention, right? Okay, good. I told uh, uh, Miss Amanda over here, no, she's not going to make any more chocolate pie if you guys don't answer some questions today. <laughs> Gone. Just out. All right. Luke chapter 9. The reason... Oh, <laughs> it's not sugar-free. You can't have any anyway. Um, Luke chapter 9, the first six verses is what we're going to cover today. I'm going to be completely honest and transparent with you today and tell you that this, this was a challenging little piece of scripture to figure out what to talk about. I had two competing ideas going on in my head while I was trying to write this sermon, so I ended up with basically two different things to talk about, and I'm going to attempt to blend them together today. And I think the best way to do that is to get a little involvement from you. Now, the two competing ideas in my mind, on the one hand, this, these six verses have a huge historical significance. I mean, there's probably not a place on this globe that hasn't, to some degree, heard of Christianity. And we're reading a passage of Scripture where this is, this is the first time, that was just Jesus, this is the first time he actually sends some people out. And now here we are, 2,000 years later, all across the entire globe, billions of people have at least heard of this. And this, we're, so we're reading about, like, this is the roots of where this all started. And so it's pretty amazing to just read about it. So there's some amazing historical significance to this story. It's also, historically speaking, there's a lot of doctrinal stuff going on in there. Like, what's this text about? What are they saying? Why, why did Jesus say this? What's this for? I also know, on the other hand, we want relevance. We want relevance to you and me. Like, well, how does this affect me? I think that just going at it from that perspective can be a little risky because I'm going to tell you right now, there's not every single verse in the Bible is just for you. As illustration, I share this joke with you of the guy, some of you have heard this before, the guy that opened up his Bible and he pointed and he looked down and said, Judas went out and hanged himself. Oh, okay. Close it up, open it again. Go and do thou likewise. (laughs) Oh, man. Open it up again. Whatsoever thou doest, doest it quickly. I, I mean, so that, there's a risk in just thinking every single text of scripture is like directly. This is I'm going to pick this up and read it, and it's something I'm supposed to do that direct. Sometimes there's just, in fact, if you go back to the Old Testament and the Book of Numbers, sometimes it's just genealogies and lists of people, and you're like, so it's not that way. And so you can't just pick up the Bible and just shallow in a shallow way, just skim through it and go, this is what I'm supposed to do. Sometimes there's texts that are very like that. There's texts that are teaching where you can easily say, do this. And you, okay, that's what I need to do. But sometimes it takes a little bit more thinking. Are you ready to think? Okay, so with each part, and I'm gonna tell you right now, this, I, I, was, I was stuck with what to do, but then I read this quote by J.C. Ryle, who's a commentator. He has a, some uh, commentaries he's written He says, this passage is one which throws much light on the work of Christian ministers. Now, I'm going to tell you, I think it's beyond that. I think for all of us, okay, Uh, of every age. No doubt the miraculous power which the apostles possessed made their position very unlike that of any other body of men in the church. No doubt in many respects they stood alone and had no successors. What we're going to read about today is extravagant, amazing things are going on, okay, which, by the way, the things that we read about, sometimes it throws people for a loop in what's going on today, and they get confused about it. And I think, again, that's a, from a shallow reading of Scripture. 
He goes on to say, though, yet the words of our Lord in this place must not be confined entirely to the apostles. They contain, and I'm going to highlight those words there, deep wisdom. They contain deep wisdom for Christian teachers and preachers of all time. And like I said, I think also for you. So I share this quote because when I read this, I thought, okay, that's where I'm going to go with this. There's serious historical significance, but there's also some deep wisdom that we can read. So with each little chunk, we're going to work our way through it. Now, I'm going to read it first, but then with each little chunk, each little verse, I'm going to say, okay, let's think about the historical significance of this. And then after I do that, I'm going to say, now let's, let's do some, some deep thoughts, right? Not really that deep, but deep enough. All right, so let me read it, and you, I think you'll get a taste. And this is where I've learned as a teacher, slow down. So I'm going to slow down. I'm going to read this to you, and I just want you to soak in what it's saying. Okay, can you do that? All right, listen to this. I, w- I want you to think while you're reading it. Imagine reading this and then going, okay, I have to teach everybody about this. Okay, that's what I did last week. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 says, And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God And to heal, and he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics, and whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now, a shallow reading of this, uh, I'm going to be honest. I mentioned this last week. Let me share it again. I have a, one friend in particular I'm close to who has latched on to a misreading of these texts of Scripture. And so he believes that if you're a Christian, every disease ought to be healed. And if it's not being healed, there must be something off with your faith. Now, let me ask you, have you ever met anybody that thought that way or felt that way or even struggled that way? Anybody ever known anybody like that? I see some head nods. I see some head. Okay. Again, without digging it, this is, this is one of the things I'd like to take a look at a little bit closer on our Wednesday night second look. We'll take a look at this. Um, understand first off that when you read this Bible, when you look at the miraculous, supernatural, it's, it's small pieces. There's thousands of years in here. And there's thousands of years talk about where nothing happens as far as supernatural. So it's a, it's a shallow reading. In fact, as the New Testament carries on, you see that miraculous tapering off. So that by the time you get to the end of, like in James, they're already talking about, hey, if you're sick, do this. If you're, it wasn't just automatic. You're healed. In fact, what you find as you begin to really dig through Scripture, you find that the miraculous supernatural tends to, to focus on times of revealing of truth and so you ought not to be surprised that when god decides to reveal himself in the fullest possible way to become a human being god in the flesh the full revelation of god like it says in john god became man and dwelt among us right the word became flesh so the revealing of god became flesh so when jesus you ought to expect with the full revealing of god all kinds of miraculous stuff going on around him you are also to see something else going on because the kingdom that Jesus preaches, where I would agree with my friend, ultimately, he's right. All diseases, all death, it's all going to be done with in that kingdom. But as you read through the text of Scripture, you read through what Jesus is teaching, all you're seeing, when you see these miraculous things that Jesus does and what these guys do, all you're seeing is that kingdom just busting through a little bit and seeping out. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, if you go, not really, that's okay. If you have questions about that, feel free to ask me. I, I thought about focusing just on that, but there's, man, this, there's all kinds of stuff going on in here. So you ready? Okay, here we go. Let's take a look at the first two verses. Ready for the first two? I'll put them up there for you. He called the 12 together. Who's the 12? Disciples, right? Called the 12 together. Gave them Two things. What are the two things they gave him? I'm trying to get you warmed up here. What are the two things they gave him? Power and authority. 
There's some serious historic. Let me go ahead and put these words. There's some serious, some historical significance going on there because he think about power and authority like the right to do something and the ability to do it, right? Authority, but then just dwell on that for a second. Can you do? Can you guys dwell on things? Can you guys just think about things? No. I've got this stuff called thinking putty. Anybody ever seen that? I get it out. It looks like silly putty from when I was a kid, and I get it out, and I... When I'm thinking, I just have it squishing in my hand. I have it in my jacket. I should get it out. Um, think about that. Authority over demons. He just said, all right, guys, you can go out, and you can tell demons what to do, and they're going to have to obey you. Wow. Power, sicknesses. He said, guys, now let me ask you a question. Uh, Charity and I, she's getting a second dose of this because we talked about this this morning. As I talked with her this morning, we were talking about some things that stick out. Think about this for a second. This is one that I got from her, so I have to give her credit here. She, think about the reality of these guys. Did they have their act together? Knuckleheads, Right? Okay, let's think about some things that have happened in Luke just recently in, in their, with them. What happened when they were going across the sea and there's a big storm? Remember that? What'd they do? Ah, right? And then when he said, where's your faith? And then he calms the storm. Did they go, oh, that's right. I knew he could do that. Is that what they said? No, what'd they say? Who is this? So on some degree... They don't even quite know who he is. They, and yet, so this throws a real loop in those people that go, hey, if you have enough faith, you can say to any disease, it's gone. Like even today, that's how, if you're thinking, there's a problem with that right off the bat because did these guys have their act together and yet they're going to do a whole bunch of things. And they didn't even know who he was completely. These are the same guys that, again, Charity pointed out to me this one. Think about this. Th- same guys that when Jesus gets ready to go to the cross, do they all go, we're right there, we're going to watch because we know this is, we know you're going to rest. Did they just hang around for that? One of them did, but what did the rest of them do? Hightail it out of there, didn't they? These weak bunch of guys at this point. What you're seeing here. Jesus has selected these guys, and it's not based on them. So, I mean, so now we're going to start to shift into some other things. But Jesus takes this weak bunch of guys, and this is like an internship. These are the guys that are going to turn the world upside down. And it's not based on them having their act together. Jesus is going to do some things in them to say, I'm going I'm to give you everything you need to accomplish this because you're the ones that are going to have to turn the world. You're the ones I'm going to send out. In fact, if you see that word um, right here, um, and he sent them. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Um, I don't have this on the big screen, but let me see if I can pull it up here. Uh, I'm gonna, can you guys see that word? What, does, what English word does that look like? Apostle. That's a Greek word. You know what Greek word? What do you think? Uh, I probably gave it away, didn't I? What Greek word is being translated from the... Uh, it's apostle. What Greek word did I say it was? Sent. So when you see that, that's the Greek word, basically apostle. Apostle means they're sent. The sent one. So when we say the apostles, we're talking about people who have been sent so here are these guys, they've been sent out. And you guys didn't even know you knew some uh, Greek, did you? But these healings that they're going to do are going to display God's kingdom. I'm going to come back to that concept in a minute, the concept of the kingdom. I'm almost ready for you guys to be involved. You guys ready? Okay. Now, the second thing I thought of, okay, so now we're looking at historical thoughts, and I gave you that. There's probably some things in there that you may go, Oh, man, that's really weird. Power and authority, all demons and sickness. There's some things in there. But let's, let's shift our gears to a little bit to some, maybe some deeper wisdom. So there's aspects of what Christ sent them out to do that was specific to them. I wish, especially after praise and testimony time today, I wish Jesus was giving me this, this call because I would drive to Peoria and I would tell Steve Simpkins to get up. 
Last week, I would have driven down to Westville and told Frank Hamlin, pop up, buddy. Your friend that has cancer, I would have said, Paul, take me down there. Let's go. God gave me a call to do this. He said, I had all power and authority. I wish Jesus would show up one day to me and just say, you got, I would love it. There's some of this that's unique to them because they're the ones that are going to get this message and it's being validated that this is the real thing for the real kingdom. We aren't validating. We're sharing the story. These are the guys that end up, for the most part, writing these things down. When we read our Bible, we're reading about the people that a bunch of knuckleheads got to do these amazing things. But now, deeper wisdom. I still think there's some things we could walk away with. And when I read that passage of Scripture, and I think, okay, Jesus gave them power and authority over all demons and, cured, and to cure diseases. He sent them out to pro- proclaim. That word proclaim is the, the same word that's normally translated preach. Preach the, the kingdom of God. So they're going out telling people. So that's a key part of it. Not just doing the things, but telling people. What's some deeper ideas that you could say, you know what, from that, even though I'm not doing all the same things, there's still some ideas that are portrayed in there. What are some things that I also am called to do? Now, it's tough. There's steam coming out of some of your ears already. There was a guy I used to know. I'm not going to say his name, but a lot of you know him. And he is super smart and would ask me, Every, every time he's ever in my entire life, from the time I was a high school kid to today, if I met him today and he was talking about biblical stuff and he would ask me a question, I have never gotten it right what he was looking for. <laughs> you ever talk to somebody like that? Like the way they ask the question, it's like, I think I know what you're talking about, but the way you said it, I'm pretty sure I'm an idiot and I have no idea what you're talking about. And then I start doing the typical Sunday school answer, mm, Jesus, <laughs> right? He just, and I never, never once did I, 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 and I would try sometimes. And I go, I'd give the answer I think it was, and I'd try to sound real theological. He's like, no. <laughs> Every time, I'm like, come on, man. Okay, I'm not going to do that to you, okay? I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm much more simplistic. So, so if you'd share, I, I just want you to think, think from this. Well, there's some things in there that I see that I go, you know, I'm kind of called to do the same stuff. Maybe not that way for that time, but there's similar things I'm called to do. What do you think? Oh, man, come on. I won't embarrass you if it's completely off the wall. Ooh, that's a great, that's a, that's a wonderful one. Proclaim, uh, and I'll try to repeat all these since we're recording. Uh, proclaim the kingdom of God. We're, we're all still called to do that. The kingdom, and, and th- this can be so confusing to some people, the kingdom started then. It, we're going to see the full fruition of it then, later. Right? Started here, the full fruition of, but it started. The kingdom of God is now. Think about the preaching that Jesus has been doing up to this point. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, the preaching of John, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom is coming. It's breaking through, even now. So, yeah, we're all still called to do that. Yeah. It, yes, it does. It blows me away. The thing about Judas, one of these disciples ends up betraying and has the name the son of perdition, right? Judas, was he out there doing those things too? From the sounds of it, yes. Proclaiming the kingdom. But it, it doesn't depend on us, does it? So that, there's a great piece of... And that, this one's actually going to carry it in a couple of different ways. So just starting off, spiritually speaking, when you're trying to go out and you're trying to proclaim the kingdom, God's going to give you what you need to be able to do that. Right? Um, we were on our way in this morning. Charity was sharing a book that she's been lifting. Was Instruments in the Redeemer's Hand? Paul Tripp. Anybody heard of Paul, Paul Tripp? Such a good book, she said. I'll have to read it now. So... She said that at the beginning he was talking about, and I may have to have you share it instead, but he was talking, this guy called him up and said, hey, I got this guy I know, he's in great need, and this fa- family or something like that, in great need. And he said, Paul Tripp went, that is so amazing. I cannot believe just how amazing God is that he blessed you uh, in such a way that he, is, he has put this person in your life that you could help him. 
the guy was calling to say, could you help him? And he was like, yeah, because he's the pastor, right? But in the word, it says the, the pastor's main job is to equip the saints with the work of ministry. And so this means, I read this and I go, these knuckleheads went out and they proclaimed the kingdom and they, they, they did all these things. God empowered them, whatever he called them to do. And so I'm telling all of you the same thing. Whatever God calls you to do, somebody pop somebody in your life, whatever you need to minister to that person, you're there. Now, if you go, I'm having trouble figuring out how to do that, feel free to call me. So how do you, I'm trying to figure out how to do this. But trust me, if you say, I want to dish him off on you, I will admit sometimes I'm willing to do that. But I'm learning that it might be more important for me to say, you got this. Right? You got this. God has called you to this. God has given you what you need to do this. Right? And I'll be there with you 100% of the time. Whatever you need, you let me know. But you, you got this. Okay? Good. That's good. God, I mean, he gave these guys power and authority. Did I see another hand somewhere? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and that, that one's... Oh, go ahead. Hmm. Yeah. It, it's interesting because it may not be to the same way and the same degree because I think because we don't always need that same level of validation to evidence this is of God. But I will tell you this. Isn't there still a call to minister to the physical as well as the spiritual? Right? The, I've heard that summarized in the little statement. If you meet somebody, do you give them, and you meet a hungry guy, do you give them a sandwich or do you tell them the gospel? Right? And, you know, I think the answer should be both. <laughs> right? I mean, if you tell them the gospel, but don't give them the sandwich, you know, or give them a sandwich. Here's another one. There's a guy uh, used to quote, he, his name was St. Francis of Assisi, and he'd say, he'd say um, preach the gospel always. If necessary, use words. And I used to love that because, yeah, you're preaching the gospel by all of your actions that you do. But then I heard somebody say one time, you can't, do, you can't preach the gospel without using words. Yeah, you can, pre you, can, you can do things that display and show the gospel when you, when you do kindness and you do works. Uh, you, you're hospitable to people and all these things. But at some point, you still have, so both, do you see both going on in there? You're doing, helping them physically, but you're also proclaiming. Both things are there. And praise God for doctors, right? How many of these stories we have of people, I mean, Steve Simpkins, he would not be here now if it wasn't for the knowledge that has been gained over years and years of doctors learning new and new things. But at the same time, we also know that God is doing that. God's keeping him alive. Good. These are all great things. Anybody else before I move on to the next verse? These are all good. Yeah. Same thing? Oh, wow, guys, you both have the plaid shirts on, both have the goatee, excellent, way to go. Great minds, think of light. Are you passing, no oh, they're cheating? Oh. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, man, that was very good. Think, yeah, send them out. He tells them this is what you're going to do, go. Do you, do you think they ever, do you think they felt completely prepared? No. Um, before I take Todd, it reminds me of something my mom used to always talk about when she first became a Christian. She'll tell you the, the fuller story. But when she first became a Christian and she was first was going to church and there was like vacation Bible school or something, and they were like, they handed her the book, the Sunday school book, and the lesson, and they said, you're going to teach this. <laughs> Have at it. Right? Push you out the door. Now, the... I'm not telling you that's what I'm going to do to you, but there's, but maybe, maybe if I see you just plop down in your seat all the time and not, there, there, some of you, you could probably be teaching some Sunday school classes with kids. Well, I don't know the stories. Learn them, right? Learn them. I'm sure that my mom used to learn. Now you, she's an encyclopedia like Mrs. Doolin is. I mean, they're like, if you want to know anything about the Bible, just go to one of the two of them. And if she doesn't know it, she'll say, if I don't know it, Norma does. And Norma's. But where, where did that come, did that come from? Just they just like no, I know for a fact that many times my mom would be learning a story so she could teach it, <laughs> right? It's a great way to learn the Bible. Oh gosh, I'm taking too long on the first point. Anyway, you you had your hand up though. 
<laughs> mm. Yeah. 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 It, you know, and that's the hard part because I, I am 100% convinced if God ever calls me to put my hands on somebody and say, you're healed, get up, I'm convinced that it would happen. I'm convinced there's been stories of people that we've known that it was like, there's no way. I mean, even Steve Simpkins, there, there was that one day that they said, there's, I, they didn't think he was gonna make it through the night and he's still here. Now, I don't know if he's, if, how long that's gonna last. I don't know what God has in store for him, but I, I, does God still do those things? Absolutely. Um, we get to the end of James chapter five, and you could jot this down if you're taking notes. James chapter five, verses 13 and 14 um, James writes and he says, Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Um, is any, anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And he says, Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. I think there's, that's something we don't do often enough. If you're, you're sick, come, come here. Yeah, go to the doctor too, <laughs> but come here. And we've had times where we've done that. We've had somebody up here and we just. I'll come around, let's lay our hands on you, and we're going to pray for you that God would heal whatever this is. Absolutely, absolutely. And the Spirit of God, that has not diminished. All right, because I'm going to have to move on, though. Let's take a look at the next one because there's some good stuff here. Next verse says, And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, must be on the keto diet. No bread. No money. And don't even have two tunics. One of the other gospel writers says, don't even take your sandals. I don't know if that meant any or just an extra pair. I don't know. Now, historically, let me focus on the bag there for a second. There's a lot of interesting things here. Philosophers, traveling philosophers would have this certain kind of bag that they would carry with them. One of the commentaries I was reading, they had a certain kind of bag that represented a beggar's bag. And so it was kind of a way of saying, and so they would go, like they'd do their teaching or whatever, but then they were expecting, and this is kind of a way of sig signaling. It's kind of like when you go to Mad Goat and they got the little cup sitting there that says, tip cup, right? <laughs> I like how they have some in there. I haven't seen them do this yet, but in my mind, I think they're always like, Here's your change. I think they hold it over the tip cup on the way to my hand. <laughs> Just to see, do you want it in here? Or do you really want this? Come on, you know. But no bag. And I think that, that's what he's talking about. Don't take anything with you. The bread, no bread, even your basic needs. Don't take that with you. Now, some have read this and thought to themselves, well, this is how all missionaries ought to be. And then they've gone to the mission field and visited a missionary. And a missionary had a nice house. And they were like, oh, that's terrible. Now, let me tell you, before we even get done with the book of Luke, Luke chapter 22. In fact, you could put a little note in your margin of your Bible next to Luke 9, 3. Put Luke 22, 35 and 36. Jesus is telling them after the, after the communion, Lord's Supper, he says, and he said to them, when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? And they said, nothing. And he said to them, but now, so even before we get to the end of it, he shifts it. He says, but now, let the one who has a money bag take it. And likewise, a knapsack. And then the one that really gets, throws my head for a loop, and he says, and the one who has no sword, sell his cloak and buy one. That's different. But you can tell already some of you are like, oh, good. Jesus said I could go get a gun. <laughs> so, so you look at it and you think, okay, so, so people that take that and they go, they just read that surface. Can you see how a shallow reading of that has led to some, some judgment against people that are trying to minister the word of God? And you go, well, you, took, you had all these, you're living nice. That's not, a, you can't say that. I think that Jesus' purpose here, these are the guys, again, that he's going to send out to, Turn the world upside down. And I think he wants them to know in this moment, this is purposeful for this moment, he wants them to know that they can trust him and trust God. And so he sends them into the extreme. I'm going to send you out, but I'm not going to give you anything. Go. Wait, Peter, 
I see you at wallet, take it out, <laughs> right? Or maybe who had a fishing pole, there's net, some way to make some money. No, leave, leave, just leave it all. You just go. So we're just going to go. I would have I I been the guy, I would have been the disciple that said, now, when you said no money, did you mean no money or like not a lot of money? <laughs> no, nothing. And when we, we're just going to go. It's like a day's walk to the next town. Yeah, go. I think that Jesus wanted them to know. This, I mean, these guys, you read the rest of their, their lives, what we know of them. They spend the rest of their lives, I mean, they need to really trust God. There's some crazy situations that they end up in where that, that deep trust of the Father is so essential. I think that's what Jesus is doing, this internship. He goes, I'm going to send you guys out with nothing because I want you to learn that you can trust God. God is going to give you what you need. So historical, this is where we see those disciples, eventually apostles. That faith is beginning to build right here. We're seeing the foundations of it, like to go out with nothing. Did Jesus say specifically, you're going to do this, and they go. But let's go with some deeper. You guys ready to do some more chatting? I may have to wrap this up early. Um, okay, so from this verse, I've already said you can't just say, well, we got to take it direct and go, well, that means if I'm really going to serve God, I don't take any provisions because even before we get to the end of Luke, he switches that up. But surely, what, what, what kind of what principles could we learn from this element? I've kind of hinted at some of them. Yeah. Let me, let me give you two examples of that, historical examples. One is a man named Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor, if you know his life story, he was a missionary to China, started the China Inland Mission. Before he went on the mission field, um, just I, when you read his biography, he talks about this. or his, I think it's his biography. He talks about how before he'd gone out, he was training to be a doctor as well. And the place where he was working, I guess it was a hospital, um, every once in a while, the, the guy would forget to give him his paycheck the end of the week or the month or whatever, however they did the paychecks at the time, you know, the, his pay, he would forget. And so he purposed it himself. He, he decided one time, he goes, he goes, I know I'm going to have to have really strong faith. If I'm going to the mission field, I'm going to have to have to have a strong trust in God and just be devoted to prayer. And so what he did is he decided, I'm going to, instead of reminding my boss, it's not like he thought everybody in the world should do this. He just said, I want to grow my faith. So Lord, I'm going to just commit this thing to prayer and so the first time he did it the guy forgot he, he said i'm not going to say anything lord i'm just going to pray about it yeah and i don't remember the amount of time it went until he had nothing and it came down to the very last day where his landlord was going to kick him out of his residence and it was down to like an like the last hours before the landlord was like you have to be out at this time if i don't have my rent by this time you're gonna have to go i'm sorry and he was on his knees lord and it was late after hours, and his boss came knocking <laughs> with however many paychecks he hadn't given him. His boss was a believer as well, and his boss was like, why didn't you tell me? You know, this, you should have just told me. And, and, but he writes about that, how it grew, how many years later when there would be needs. He was like, I know you did that, Lord. I can trust you to do that. 
I don't think there's anything wrong with what he did to say, you know what, I'm going to commit something to just to, to prayer. You know, we're not called to be silly or stupid, but there, there's going to be times where you can say, you know, Lord, I'm going to, instead of making it happen myself, I mean, we li- do we live in a make it happen society? Right? Instead of doing that, every once in a while, I think you're going to find, and I think this is that communion with the Spirit, you're going to find every once in a while, like you're ready to make it happen, and, and you'll know the Spirit's telling you, no, let me do this. Let me do this. You, you sit back and trust. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's another thing you can pull from this, isn't that? What you need, and sometimes you're right, some of the, some of the dreams that you have, the visions of your future, ha- let me ask you, those that are older, how many of you go, what I envisioned <laughs> is not what I got, but what I got is way better. Those are good testimonies to share because there's some people in the, the middle of losing the vision for the future and they need to hear you they, in fact they need to see you shaking your head yep yeah I, I know I've seen like three more hands so just, hang on one second I wanted to give my other example George Mueller George Mueller ran multiple orphanages never once had a fundraiser if you want to read an amazing book I'm so thankful that Mr. Kofer in high school made us all read the biography of George Mueller because I mean this guy was insane he'd be times where he'd have a room full of orphans and not have any food and a bread truck and a milk truck broke down in front of his house we got to do something with this can you guys take it sure right all right That's good. Uh, there was a hand back here too. Did you have your hand? Mm. Mm. I, yeah, absolutely. Both good things. Yes. Uh, that was one of the commentaries I read. They were talking about the, just the simplicity of what Jesus sent them out to do. There's a lesson we got. Like, sometimes you can stop every once and go, what do I actually need? And like what you're saying, what am I actually going to take with me? Right? What do I really need? And what am I going to take with me? Great. All right. I don't want to not get to the end. So let me go. Let me keep moving here. Um, verse four. Whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. I can do this one real quick, historical side. Uh, going back to traveling philosophers in this, this time period, um, this was not their habit. Like I said, they had the money bag, but they might get invited in to stay at one place, but then um, the so-and-sos with the huge house and the indoor pool and the, you know, all the amenities. Hey, could you? And they, they well, I'm going there, <laughs> Right? I think this is interesting that Jesus says, whatever house you enter, stay there. The first one you come to, stay there. I think there's a couple of things at work here. Um, 
One is uh, <clears throat> that dependence on other people's hospitality. Jesus, part of Jesus meeting their need and trusting God, how were these things going to be? Where, did he say, you're going to go out and you're going to get manna from heaven? No, it's going to be people. I think of Jesus right before uh, he, uh, he goes to the cross. He's teaching his disciples. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock and one shepherd. Or I think of Paul in Acts 18, verses 9 through 11, when he's urging, the Lord is urging Paul to continue on. He comes to him in a vision at night. So don't be afraid, but go on speaking. Don't be silent. I'm going to be with you. And he's talking about in the particular city he's in. He says, no one will attack you or harm you here. He says, for I have many, I have many in this city who are my people. That's a weird statement. I have many in, my, in this city who are my people. So don't go yet. You don't know them yet. There's some people out there. They're mine. I've laid claim to them. Right? You need to go preach the gospel. The proclaiming is still going to have to happen. That's an essential part. Paul, don't leave. I got people, but I, you're here. Go get them. Right? Now. There's some practicality here as well. Historical thoughts I already gave you. Let's go through some deeper wisdom. When you see that, and this one's a little bit easier, I think we can jump through this one fairly quickly. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there, depart. What's some practical wisdom you can pull from this one when you're thinking about as you're trying to present the gospel, when you're trying to do things? What do you think? Maybe this one's more challenging. <laughs> Don't overstay your welcome. <laughs> Interesting. Feel like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> mm. Yeah, from that flip side, there's gonna there's gonna be people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wait a second. Mm. Yeah, and you, you even think about how these things start to blend together. See how this little thing, that, this mission he sent these disciples on? See how they, they're all kind of blending together to this. There's this bigger picture of when you're ministering, there's this trust for the power of the authority, for the, for the physical things I'm going to get, for the, the words I'm going to, I mean, just all the way down. But there is a flip side to this. Like when you go out there, right? What does Jesus, te I, think you're, I think you're talking about the one where he says, he says, as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. You know, when, Lord, when were you when were you thirsty? When you were when were you hungry? When you were when were you sick and needed visiting? When were you? And he says, Hey, as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it. There's that both sides to that. Good. Anybody else? Yeah.
and it may not always be the person you picked. I think that's kind of what, <laughs> the person that you think, I hope they take me in, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm. Yep, there's this amount of time, and then you're, all right. Now, the next verse is for the kids. I haven't heard from you guys yet. Kids. All right. Raven's okay. She's not. Oh, she she not in here. The rest of your kids, okay. Um, verse five. Wherever they do not receive you, when you leave, you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Now, the, there was a rabbinical teaching that taught that even the dust in the lands of Gentiles was defiled. And so I think the way they would have heard this is that if you go into this and they, nobody receives you, as you're walking out, shaking the dust off your feet would be a way of saying, you know what, as far as I know, this is not the kingdom. And his people are not here. And we'll treat them as if they're Gentiles and move on. So historically, there's an element to this. Now this one, this one is unique. Doesn't feel very Jesus-like, does it? Going into the town and they don't receive you and you go, Later. All right, so what do you think, sort of practical things, could this be a, of a benefit for us of thinking about the idea that there's sometimes you're going to try to help somebody? Kids, you listening, kids? Kids, kids, kids. You ever try to help somebody and they stiff arm you? Or maybe they, you ever met somebody that after you talk to them, you're pretty sure they don't even have ears? Yeah. Oh, are you confessing you don't, or are you saying? No, I have ears. Okay, okay, you have, okay, good, good, good. I'll, I'll check with your dad later, see if he agrees. Um, you ever had somebody you try to, adults as well, you try to minister to, and it, you feel like you've done it again and again and again and again and again. You ever get to some point where you go, I think I'm doing this wrong, right? I must be doing this wrong, because if I was doing this right, they'd take the help. They'd take the, the teaching. They'd take the gospel. I must be doing it wrong. What do you think there's, Jesus is telling them here when he says, there's places. I'm going to have to shake the dust off your feet and go. What do you think? Come on, kids. They're thinking. I put the pressure on. I'm not really going to wait for you guys to answer. What's that? I know, I know. I kind of answered it for them, didn't I? I was hoping they could spew it out. What do you, what do you adults think? Come on. Mm. Yeah, did you start to say that too? In fact, didn't Jesus just go to a land of the Gadarenes and heal one guy and the whole city said, please go away? Now, if there's anybody that ministers correctly, is it not Jesus? Did he say the wrong sentences or? No. Everything right, and yet they still said, and what, did he go, okay, guys, let's regroup. We've got to find a new way in. Let's start a new type of ministry where we're going to start this type there, this thing here, this thing here. No, he just went. I think there's something to this. Minister to the ones. There's some little bit of, of running after people we can do. But at some point, can we go, Lord, they're, they're in your hands. You cannot change them. 
In fact, I know for many of you, you have somebody in your life right now. I'm looking out over this crowd. You've got people in your life you know that you want so much for them to remember or hear or understand or comprehend the good news of Jesus and just turn their lives over to him. And you just want it so bad. And you've tried explaining it this way. And then you've tried explaining it this way. And then sometimes you try not explaining it, but just doing these loving acts. And then you did these things. And you tried this. And you tried this. And you tried this. And at some point, you're like, I can't figure this. What? You know what? When I read this, I hear that there are times, and I'm going to trust that God will let me know when, where you can go, you know what, Lord? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave them in your hands. And I'm, gonna, I'm still on my mission right? There's other, this next town over might have somebody that's going to take me in that needs to hear the gospel. It's hard, isn't it? There's a relief in it. Oh, did you have your hand up? Oh, I was just going to say there's a relief in it, but I, when I'm looking out at you guys, I see there's also a hardness to that because you feel like when you do that, do you feel like you're giving up on them? I, I don't, this is a testament that you, you've done what you could. It's not, you, you're, you're just leaving them in God's hands. He's good. Will, will anybody be judged incorrectly on judgment day? Every judgment of the Lord is right. Sometimes you have to say, you know what, Lord? I, I'm, I'm just, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm just gonna leave them in your hands, right? We're gonna... What's Paul the Apostle talk about? Some, some he says, some have what? Sown, some have watered. Who gives the increase? God does. If you go into the town and they take you like, we love you. And they take care of you and they're like, they're just hanging on every word you say. Was that because you did it perfectly that time? No. So in the end, you have to say, Lord, it's, it's you that gives the increase. I'm going to do what I can do, right? Trust in the Lord that, you know, have I done all that I could? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In fact, let me let me throw in two things real quick. I, I know you had your hand up. But let me th- throw in two two things real quick. One, before we get done with this chapter, the disciples come back and they go, "Lord, they didn't listen to us in this city. Do you want us to call down fire from heaven on them?" It's like, no, right? So they're, they're, these guys, are, yeah, they got a lot to learn. Um, the other thing is, when Jesus left the city of the Gadarenes. He did send somebody to them, did he not? I, I totally forgot that this morning. We were talking about this, and Terry's like, he did. Yeah. He, yeah, he told, he told, this messed up, perfect Jesus wasn't going to be the one that was going to be used physically to accomplish his mission, but perfect Jesus knew what these people might need is this messed up guy. And so he leaves, but he goes, you, you're staying. Right? That's so good, isn't it? Dave, did you have your hand up? Hmm. Mm. 
that's very good. Yeah, I think some of us, we, we shake the dust off our feet into our hand and put it in our pocket and look at it every once in a while. So terrible to the whole city. Good, good. All right, let me give you the last verse. Oop, I forgot to put it towards the end. Last verse. Simple. And they went. He says, this is what you're going to do? And they go. This morning, I'm getting ready to say, you are dismissed. Go. Right? That's what we're going to do. You're dismissed. Go. Now, I know you can, you can go get lunch first. I'm not telling you to go without lunch and trust Jesus. That's not what I'm doing today. Right? I don't know, maybe Jesus is calling you to try to do that. I don't know. But these simple, or these ridiculous knuckleheads exhibit some simple obedience, don't they? Um, and I believe that's what's got, what God is calling you to do. Simply obey. The word there that's translated um, uh, <coughs> preaching here, I'll show you. You probably know another Greek word that you didn't know that you knew. If I can get it big enough here. Okay, can you guys see that one? What, 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 what English word does that look like? Evangelize? Yeah, that EU at the beginning is good. Um, that's translated there, preaching, evangelizing, spreading good It's about spreading good news. There's good news, Right? going to share that good news so what you're called to do is to evangelize you're a complete idiot but your future is incredibly bright and anybody can get in on this right you're a complete idiot but your future is incredibly bright and anybody anybody can get in on I'm going to close with a word of prayer, um, and then I'm going to send you out for this next week. Um, I do want to give you one little piece of homework like I did last week. Some of you have shared with me that you did your homework from last week, and you've read Hebrews 11, and you told me, you counted how many times it talked about by faith, and you had some interesting things. Here's your assignment for this week. When I think about preaching the gospel there's certain parts that I go, if I said, what's the gospel, the good news? What's the gospel message? One of the key essential parts is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, right? Jesus has not yet, before this chapter's over, he's going to tell them about that part, that that's coming. But they don't know that yet. They don't know he's going to die yet. They haven't, he hasn't said it to them yet. So when they go to preach the gospel, what were they talking about? I will give you a hint. You, when you go out, you have the full extent of the gospel message at your disposal. Right? That's what you've got. So let me pray. Pray a blessing on you today. Do we have a song at the end? Okay, I didn't think so. I talked too long. We pray. Send you out. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for these knucklehead disciples that you chose. Lord, I thank you that you chose them. I thank you that they obeyed. Lord, I would pray now for every person in this room to take the, those lessons that they can pull from this and the example of the disciples. And Lord, I'm going to ask that you would bless them as they evangelize this week. Lord, I pray for those in this room that might have a co-worker and they don't even know it yet. Not just the ones we know about, Lord, but the ones they don't even know yet is desperately seeking Jesus. And they don't even know that's who they're seeking. God, I just ask that you would open eyes, open mouths at the right time. Give us the power and authority that we need and the extent of how we need that. Lord, provide our, our bread and our the, the, the housing that we have, Lord, do all those things that are necessary, Lord, so that when we get through this week as we're evangelizing the good news of Jesus Christ, Lord, we can walk away and go, Lord, you gave us all that we needed. Lord, I pray that if there are those that our words are not going to be the ones that are received, God, I pray that you would send others to them. 
Lord, help us to do all we can. Be responsible before you to do all that we can to share the good news. Lord, we're going to trust that as you are orchestrating your kingdom, you will bring to the right people at the right time with the right words to expand your kingdom, to explode it with the goodness of all that it is. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys are blessed in your week. Go, go forth. Depart.